You're listening to the Enterprise Mobile Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Manesh Ladd. In today's episode, I'm going to be going over how to get started with Apple Watch development. So the agenda for today is I'm going to first talk about setup. So what you need to get set up from a hardware and software perspective. Then I'll go over documentation. So where you can find out about the APIs and uh, more information about doing the, the work. And then I'll go over the development. So I'll talk about how you had the Watch App target. We'll review the WatchKit extension and the WatchKit app itself. Uh, we'll talk about app groups for sharing data. And we'll talk about frameworks for sharing code. And then I'm going to cover some general best practices um, from what I found on the web. So let's get started. What's the setup that you need? So you need to have a Mac, laptop, or desktop, a late model. You need to be running Xcode 6.3 or above. Uh, that's going to be available from the App Store, so everything is public. So that Xcode is going to give you an iOS simulator that now has a watch simulator built in. But the limitation is that it only gives you a little square, and the square can simulate the 38mm or the 42mm watch. But the downside is the simulator only has a black square. It doesn't show you the frame of the watch or the different watch bands. So that makes it really hard for you to visualize what your app is going to look like on a device. Thankfully, there's a tool I found online uh, for free. It's called Bezel. Uh, you can download this tool at infinityapps.com forward slash bezel. Basically, it runs in conjunction with your simulator. So whenever you simulate something in the iOS simulator, you can see the same thing running within the bezel simulator. And you'll see your watch app running in the context of an Apple Watch frame and the different band combinations, and you can swap them in and out. So make sure you go ahead and uh, get Xcode 6.31 and bezel. Uh, you have your option of writing your app in Objective-C or Swift. And the only prerequisite is that you already have an iPhone app. Uh, an Apple Watch app is designed to be an extension of an iPhone app that you already have. Let's talk about some of the documentation. So the documentation can be found on the Apple Developer Portal. So if you go to developer.apple.com forward slash watchkit, you'll find a huge range of resources available to you. So the two main documents I would recommend you take a look at are the Human Interface Guidelines and the Apple Watch Programming Guide. So the Interface Guidelines are going to tell you how best to uh, design the UI of your application, what the best interfaces are for the watch. And the Programming Guide is going to get you uh, started with uh, everything you need from a programmatic point of view. Everything from the life cycle of your watch app to all the different ways that you can, uh, all the different interactions you can have with a watch app. Also, what's useful is I found a couple of tutorials online that were really handy. Uh, RayWonderlick.com has a Swift WatchKit tutorial with two parts, so do a Google search for that. That was pretty useful for me. And another website that I found that's really, really useful is called WatchAware.com. They seem to have previews of nearly every single Apple Watch app that's been released to the App Store or is about to be released. So that can be a really good website for you to look at to see what the developers are doing with the Apple Watch, what do some of the UIs for the different apps look like, and what's what's possible. So let's talk about the uh, development overview. So what I want to first go over is what, what you can do with a watch app. So if you look at the uh, Apple developer website at developer.apple.com slash watchkit, 
by the way, WatchKit is the actual framework for building watch apps. Um, there's three different modes that you can have your app be in. One is the WatchKit watch app itself. So this is an app that runs on your, on your watch and you can interact with that application and you can launch and control uh, your app using the unique methods that are available to the watch. Another thing you can do with your watch app is something called glances. So glances are a way for you to provide read-only information that's timely to the user uh, with a quick swipe on the watch. Uh, it's similar to the notification center on the Today View on your phone itself. So you can have some really quick information such as uh, a Twitter app could have recent tweets that show up. Or if you have a time, I'll show you the current uh, countdown climber. The other thing you can do in your app is have actionable notifications. So, does, so WatchKit actionable notifications allow the user to take action on something right from their wrist. So for example, a home automation app could allow the user to uh, turn off the lights, for example, when they leave the house. So those are basically the three ways that you could have a, uh, three different ways you can have a watch app. So now let's let's go ahead and talk about the actual. Uh, how how do you add a watch WatchKit app to a iPhone app that you may already have? So open up Xcode, open up your iPhone app, and basically you're going to be adding a new target to your application. The target is the Apple Watch. So basically you'll go to File, New Target, and you will select the Watch app or WatchKit app. On the left-hand side on the iOS, you'll see Apple Watch as an option. And so as you select WatchKit, you'll get a couple of different options. You'll get a choice to pick the language. So Objective-C or Swift. Um, the actual Watch app is actually a storyboard with a bunch of scenes. So you get to pick what scenes you want to include. So you can have a notification scene, a glance scene. So those are both optional, as well as your app itself. So once you select the options that you want, you hit finish, and it's going to create two different sub-projects within your iPhone app. So the two sub-projects it's going to create is a WatchKit extension and a WatchKit app. So I'm going to kind of go over the two the different from a high level how a watch app works. So basically, what you deploy to the watch itself is just a user interface, a storyboard. Uh, that's your WatchKit app, and that works in conjunction with an iPhone app, which is the brains behind your watch app. Most of your, all, pretty much all your logic is actually going to be running on the phone itself. Nothing actually runs on the watch. And basically, the iPhone app or the iPhone extension communicates with the watch back and forth. So basically, you have a bunch of views in the, in the watch app itself. And you have the WatchKit extension running on your phone that does all the processing and data management of your application. And the actual management of the view on the watch happens in this extension. So it's, it's really important to be familiar with how to build iOS extensions. And the same issues that you would have with an extension apply to the WatchKit extension. So for example, it's not easy to... It's not easy out of the box to share data between your phone app and your extension. So the same method you would use to share data as an extension is what you would do here. So let's kind of go through the WatchKit app itself. So the WatchKit app includes a storyboard and images. 
The storyboard contains two scenes, one for the uh, glances and one for the notifications. And it's pretty much just like the, I, the uh, iPhone and iPad storyboard. It gives you a bunch of scenes and you can lay out your screens and you can navigate through a bunch of screens. One little, one subtle difference you'll see here is when you're building screens for the Apple Watch, you're not going to have any springs and struts or auto layout as you do an iPhone and iPad. It's got a slightly different layout engine. It's more like uh, akin to how Android lays out controls, so it's groups and aligning things left, right, and up and down. So have a look at the documentation. It's very simple to lay out. There isn't a whole lot you can do here, so it's pretty easy to pick up. Uh, that's pretty much it. And you have any images for your watch app can also be uh, uh, stored in the WatchKit app itself. So basically, uh, you want a storyboard for your screens and images. Let's talk about the WatchKit uh, extension. So this is basically all the controller files that will manage the user interface that runs on the watch. So the, the WatchKit app has a storyboard and all the controllers uh, are in the extension. So uh, the main uh, scene in your, in your Apple Watch app will have a WQA interface controller subclass. So that's a WatchKit interface controller. It's going to have a life cycle just like a UI view controller. So it's got methods like awake with context, will activate, did deactivate. So that's when you can get a handle on when a screen appears on the watch and when it disappears on the watch. And you can perform di different programmatic actions. Uh, there's also controllers for the notification and for the glance uh, types of screens. So each of the different screen types in your watch app can have a different um, watch kit controller that you, can, you need to subclass. Uh, one thing about uh, the extension, an extension and your iPhone app actually kind of run in different context. So they don't actually share any code or data out of the box. So if you want to share code or data between your WatchKit extension and your iPhone app, you'll need to set that up yourself. Uh, the reasons you, reason why you'll want to do that is you'll, you may want to share data between your Watch app and your iPhone app so you can sync data between the two. So, for example, you may have an app that is a to-do list app. You want to make sure that when you add a, a to-do list item on your watch, that it also gets added to your phone app. So, the way you share data between the watch app and the phone app is to use a mechanism called app groups. So, app groups, uh, app groups are pretty much a, a method to create a shared container to store data. So, you could store a SQLite database, uh, flat files, even a call data data model could be stored in an app group. So basically, you'll set up the app group within your extension and your iPhone app, and then you'll have uh, the data stored in this common area. Uh, you, you set up app groups uh, within the Apple Developer Portal in the same location as where you set up your Apple ID, your app IDs and your provisioning profiles. So you can create a shared storage area called an app group uh, within the developer portal. So that takes care of sharing data between your watch app and your phone app. Uh, well, something else you'll find is, especially if you're using something like core data to store your data, you may have plumbing code to initialize your data model and to insert and delete data. 
So you may have a data controller class in your phone app, but you don't want to have to rewrite the same code again in your watch app. So a recommended approach is to have a shared framework to put any common code in a shared framework. So basically, I think from um, iOS 7 onwards, um, iOS has the concept of a shared framework. So you can put any common logic within the framework and then whatever classes you have there, you can leverage in your uh, phone app and your WatchKit app. So in, in my project, I have a framework called something kit and I have a data manager class that manages the the manage object context on so my core data model. It has methods for inserting and deleting data. So, so basically, no matter if I'm running, a, no matter if I want to add or retrieve data from my watch app or the phone app, the same data is being used and the same code is being used. So that's at a high level uh, what you can do with your uh, how you set up how you do your watch development. So let's let's go over what I just uh, talked about. You'll initially add a target to your phone app. That's going to create a watch app extension and a watch app itself. The watch app extension are your controller classes to control the UI on the app itself. So the extension runs on your phone. That's where all the uh, processing for your watch app occurs. The WatchKit app itself is basically just a storyboard uh, with no controllers running on the watch itself. It's just the UI. And there's two strategies you need to think about for sharing data and sharing code. App groups are a way for you to share code um, between uh, the app and the extension. And the framework is a method for sharing code between the extension and the app. Now that you have a good understanding of how to build an Apple Watch app, I'm going to go over some best practices and tips. Uh, the first thing I want to cover is a tip I read on the Daring Fireball. So the title of this post is Developers on Their Biggest Watch Kit Mistakes. It was published on Tuesday, 21st of April, 2015. So he talks about developers at Realm. And they made they had they learned some lessons from developing a watch app. So one of the biggest mistakes they made was they included a lot of padding around text elements on uh, WatchKit screens, which is typical for a phone app or a desktop app. You want to make sure your text is nicely laid out and you put padding around it. You actually don't need to do that on the Apple Watch because everything has a black screen and the edge around the screen accommodates uh, the padding so you don't have to actually put padding in your in your watch app itself the actual black bezel around the screen will take care of that so it gives you a little bit more real estate to play with and as you know the watch kit screen is the watch screen itself is very limited so this is good so don't be afraid to put all your text to the, on the corners of the screen The next tip I want to cover is on Apple's uh, WatchKit page, uh, there's a link to a WatchKit development tips page. So I'm going to kind of talk through some of the uh, tips and tricks that they recommend. So on the Apple Watch itself, animations in the traditional sense of iOS development are not available. So the way you want to do animations on the Watch app itself is with image sequences. So you can have a sequence of images that run on the watch that kind of simulate an animation. So 
that's how you uh, do uh, animation. Another tip that Apple says is you should store the image sequences on the watch itself. So basically, by including uh, the uh, images in the WatchKit app, it's, app itself, you're not transferring the images in runtime from the extension to the watch itself. So this will reduce load times, and the animations will be a lot smoother. So create as many pre-made images as you can and store them on the watch itself. Another recommendation that Apple has is to use the settings bundle. So just like an iPhone app where you can create a settings bundle to manage settings for your application, the watch has a similar mechanism. So there'll be a settings section on the watch itself and you can manage your application. For actual text input on the watch itself, the recommendation is to take the user straight to dictation. Since there's no keyboard on the watch itself, you want to make sure a user can dictate text. Another recommendation is to carefully manage the state of your application. So you want to make sure you handle the did activate and did deactivate methods correctly on your screens to save and restore state as the watch watch as your watch app features come on and off the screen. Some performance recommendations include minimize the traffic. So minimize the amount of traffic that you're sending between the phone and the watch app. So that's basically the code that you write in your extension. And basically, you shouldn't repaint your screen, only update what was changed. Uh, another, another recommendation is to load content lazily. So when your, app, when your watch app loads, don't try to load up every single thing at once. Load up your screens and content as you need to. Uh, you also want to reduce the number of hidden objects on a scene. And you want to have minimal uh, table rows. So you can have, there's a table row concept in uh, a scene on an Apple Watch app. So you want to minimize the number of table rows. Apple also has a bunch of recommendations for effectively communicating with the phone. So let's go through the list. An iPhone app should do most of the work. So that's the same thing as I mentioned before. All the heavy lifting will be done on the phone itself. You can share data with app groups. So you can store core data, file there. You can uh, uh, share resources in that location. You can also store a, a user defaults file in the app group. You can also take advantage of handoff. So you can easily move between a watch app and a phone app. So take advantage of the handoff API to make that happen. And you can share code with frameworks. That's something we just we already covered. So you can create a framework to share code between your iOS app and your WatchKit extension. Frameworks keep your code accessible and prevent redundancy and ensure that bug fixes work across multiple instances of code in your project. So that pretty much covers everything about Apple Watch app development today. I'm sure there's going to be changes at this year's WWDC, but for now, this should help you get started. Remember, go to developer.apple.com forward slash watchkit to get access to the latest resources. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode.